Crushgasm, the podcast dedicated to the highs and lows of crushes. From their first to their worst, we're going to cover them all with a cascade of characters, including our guest today, someone fascinated by all things spooky and paranormal, Nikki Hawkins, a Disney-obsessed cat and dog mom, podcaster, and coffee addict, who is here to talk not only about her new show, Bats on the Brain podcast, but also her crush on a director who is pretty much the master of bringing spectacular fantasies to life, Tim Burton. Nikki, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm so thankful you're here for our like Halloweeny special. <laughs> I'm super excited. And by the way, let me just say you made me sound way better than I think I actually am. So <laughs> I'm a little nervous now. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna live up to it. Hopefully, fingers <laughs> crossed. I do have my coffee in hand, so I'll see. You're already living up to one of the mm-hmm. descriptors. <laughs> Well, it is the first day of fall, and I had to get a pumpkin spice latte, so I figured this is a perfect opportunity. Well, there you go. Have some mm-hmm. pumpkin spice, light some, like, seance candles. Ooh, yeah. Have Hocus Pocus playing in the background. <laughs> I should have lit my pumpkin spice uh, candle, too. Dang it. <laughs> I, know, I have one in the bathroom. I think it's, like, a pumpkin spicy type thing. It's just, like, too good to pass up. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm obsessed with all things halloweeny and pumpkiny and it's all bad it's all good actually <laughs> yeah i i wasn't a fan of pumpkin growing up but as i got older i'm not maybe the drink but like pumpkin bread pumpkin mm. cookies i'm mm. a master of those <laughs> oh man okay <laughs> so let's get to this crush on tim burton because like yes. so many people of a particular age i think tim burton entered their lives like as a kid but of course when we're kids we're not like clamoring to see the credits of movies we're like oh, yeah. we don't we don't care <laughs> we're just like whatever <laughs> but at an early age like we watched beetlejuice and edward scissorhands and i think like we didn't find them particularly scary so do you think that like tim burton in a way helped introduce a generation to like the darker side of life but allowed them to embrace it and not be like so terrified of it yeah actually i was i just kind of rewatched a bunch of tim burton movies to prepare because i was like she asked me something i want to make sure i have all the answers <laughs> but um for me definitely when i was younger i didn't really Obviously, I, yeah, I knew the name Tim Burton because I had heard it and I'd seen it when like, you know, when Nightmare Before Christmas pops up, it says Tim Burton right there on the uh, title screen. So I kind of like associated him only with Nightmare Before Christmas. And it wasn't until I got older that I was like, oh, my God, he made Edward Scissorhands and Beetlejuice and Batman Returns and like all these other movies. And I was like, what's happening? But thinking back, um, I would say when I was younger, I was more fascinated. Yes, he did kind of introduce the spooky side of things in a more, I don't want to say lighthearted because his movies do have an underlying kind of haunting feel, I guess, to it. So I wouldn't say they're like lighthearted at all, but I would definitely say, yeah, he kind of introduced a different type of spooky to us. And I think it's more like, I mean, I'm in my 30s, so maybe it's like more my generation when we were younger because we grew up in the 90s early 2000s and that's when his like big movies kind of or his most popular movies were coming around and becoming more popular Mm -hmm. so i feel like that was a roundabout way to answer your question but yes i agree 
but I also think it's just his style, how he introduces like the gothic fantasy type, kind of introducing a new way to show things in a different light versus all of the typical like Disney, happy-go-lucky Disney movies. There's just so much to, I feel his style and the way his movies are that bring this, like almost like the underdog character to light. Yeah, for sure. I remember, I think i want to say like i can't see i don't remember it's beetlejuice or edward scissorhands in my head of which one i saw first but like edward scissorhands i think stands out a little bit before and i remember watching that and i love the character but i think what i loved most with and what it ingrained in me that i took from it was like I didn't want to be like everyone else because that opening scene where like she's driving him home and like mm-hmm. you see the like suburbs in my head I was like I never want to live in a suburban area and I don't <laughs> like and to this day like when I go to those like places where everything's just like cookie cutter I'm like Ugh. and I know it dates back to watching Edward Scissorhands like the first time and him being that outcast and me kind of feeling like that so maybe that's a generational thing too of our people where those millennials we just want to be on the outside of things i yeah i 100 so we me and my husband just watched that the other day and he actually had to walk out of the room before the end of the movie because he is he was like i can't watch the end and i was like why no one well i mean people one person dies but i was like edward scissorhand doesn't die it's not a bad movie he's like i just i can't watch him he's just so misunderstood and he's like i just feel for him so much i just can't watch it and i was like Oh, <laughs> but I totally agree. It's it's that outcast. And I think Tim Burton has a way of making all of us kind of outcasts or, you know, people that, at least for me, like I feel darker, I guess, on the inside than what I would look like. I, I look like your basic person. I mean, I have a freaking pumpkin spice latte in my hand. Come on. <laughs> but I think he just kind of speaks to like our inner dare I say emo, spooky, you know, darker sides. And he definitely brings that out and shows in his movies that it's okay to be different. And I really like that aspect of him. Speaking of emo, you're of a particular age as am I. And emo was very big in our teens. And you said like as a kid, you like the Tim Burton movies, but it was like mm-hmm. as a teenager in high school, that's when you started to dig a little deeper. Do you think that has something to do with being like an angst ridden teen at that age and like <laughs> seeking out those darker things? Because I, I think for me, it was like the emo music and like anything that was in Hot Topic. So for you, yep. was it like the Tim Burton movies that you were like, Okay, and that kind of maybe introduced you to more alternative looks and things like that. I think my emo phase is, I mean, I still love emo music. It's definitely like my guilty pleasure now because when you say emo, people are like, oh my God, emo. I'm like, yeah, it was awesome. Like the best movies, they like spoke your movies, the best songs. I would say my emo phase kind of reintroduced me to my Tim Burton obsession in a way that it, it almost made it okay to accept the spookier side. So for me, I grew up in suburbia, basically. I mean, I'm outside of Sacramento, California, so it's kind of all suburbia here and everything's the same. Not so much cookie cutter, thank God, because where I live is a little older, but you're expected to be one way. I know my parents weren't exactly thrilled when I started listening to my emo music or even like my more like my screamo because I was really into Avenged Sevenfold for a long time. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so they didn't really understand that. And I think that kind of that aspect kind of made me want to hide, I guess, my 
interests and passions a little bit more just because it wasn't so common but I got to watch you know Nightmare Before Christmas over and over over again and it was acceptable because I mean it's a Disney Disney movie but so many things about that movie when I watch it now like so many different things like speak to me and I don't know if it's just an age thing because when I was younger Oogie Boogie scared the crap out of me oh my god he is so terrifying it's even day I'm like mm-mm I don't like bugs. Oh, well, when I was little, I don't think I realized that he's just a burlap sack filled of bugs. (laughs) And I was like, he terrified me his song. I remember fast forwarding his songs. I couldn't do it. And I was like, no, I don't want to watch that part. I just want to watch Jack Skellington and Zero. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) But now watching back to it, uh, Lock, Shock and Barrel, I never appreciated them until now. And I'm like, oh my God, those little creepy kids, because they're pretty creepy. I'm not going to lie. But they are like who I wanted to be when I was young. <laughs> like I had that little like a dark streak kind of like they did. And so now looking back, I'm like, oh my God, so much of like I resonate so much with it, if that makes sense. Yeah, like middle school and high school, like uh, you mentioned having this like dark streak in you. And I feel like in those years, that's when we're like our most rebellious. Mm-hmm. Can you like think other than like listening to the screamo and Avenged Sevenfold, like what was your most rebellious thing you did at that age? Oh, I was not a rebellious child. I was way too afraid to get in trouble. <laughs> Uh, I would say one thing that we did when I was in high school is, oh, I'm trying to remember what the road was called. We had this road and it was, I want to say it was called PFE. I don't know, it's been such a long time, but I remember going down there with my friends and it was probably like midnight, you know, really late trying to get scared. And that's probably one of the most rebellious <laughs> things that we've done because my parents like, don't be out so late, you know, and I think I was driving. So nowhere, I had no idea where I was, but I had me and a bunch of my friends in my car and we're going down the street in the middle of the dark, like pitch black, just trying to get scared. Of course, nothing happened, but. Was there like yeah. an urban legend around the street or anything, or like a story? <laughs> like, what was it about this street? I think it was just stories passed down in high school. Like, I don't even think our parents knew anything about it, but um, I had an older brother. I'm pretty sure he had probably told me and my friends, like, oh, this street's, like, haunted. If you drive by, you'll see, like, I don't even remember, but I think there was, like, an abandoned barn on the side of the road. That sounds spooky. Just go down, like, creepy things are going to happen to you. You'll see, like, a green light and all that stuff. We're like, oh, my God, we have to do this. Of course, nothing happened. (laughs) Go figure. I don't know. I was kind of more rebellious in my 20s. <laughs> I was a late bloomer. <laughs> Same. I yeah, I was like uh emo kid but definitely like just a nerd. Like I just was like mm-hmm. I want to go to college. So <laughs> mostly just staying at home listening to the used on Friday night. Uh, oh, the used. I used to blare them in my car. I we just uh this week we did our emo crush and did a lot of talking about the you I Charlotte. did see oh. that on uh, Instagram and I was like I need to check that one out <laughs> yeah it was like Benji Madden good Charlotte Ooh, yeah I was uh, story of the year was my go-to bands and then closely followed by Thrice, and then The Used, and then Avengers Sevenfold. Those are kind of like my primaries. Yeah, I was like, The Used was like as hard as I ever went. Like Avengers Sevenfold and things like that, I would know a song here or there, but mm-hmm. like The Used was like it for me. But mm. then I was totally like the pop punk, like Newfound Glory. The, oh yeah. All that stuff, the more mm-hmm. like, w- w- wussy stuff. <laughs> <I> <laughs> Compared to like wussy. the screamos, like. <laughs> 
but I just think it's funny the um, misconception that a lot of people have with emo music at least the way I interpret it so yeah for sure I think like goth kids got it in the 80s and grunge kids got it in the 90s and emo kids <laughs> got it in the aughts so it's gonna be something for every generation back then I mean you were into that scene and I'm sure like your crush taste like guys at school or whatever guys in bands you were definitely mm. like looking at that side swiped hair the skinny jeans and stuff but skinny jeans tattoos Yep. So you like you liked guys who were definitely more alternative already. Like Tim Burton didn't get you going on like the goth trail. No, no, not necessarily. Well, also his I knew Tim Burton by his name and his style. Like Edward Scissorhands, I would totally have a crush on him now because he was that misunderstood, tortured uh, I don't know how else to classify him, but he was just misunderstood and tortured. Look, tortured artist. I mean, he did all that topiary and hair. So, (laughs) artist, that's a great way to put it. But his hair. (laughs) Oh, man. But I'm like so drawn to that. And I was drawn to that ever since I could remember. So, I mean, maybe it was the underlying he introduced me to that style. Maybe that's why I don't know. I wouldn't say, like, yeah, it was 100% Tim Burton. But I think everything from his movies and introducing me to his gothic fantasy style, which I'm totally obsessed with. I find that so fascinating. And just the way he could portray these characters that would seemingly be terrifying, but he actually puts soul into them and makes them relatable to not the typical normal person, which I think is wonderful. And then also mixed in with my angsty youth, I think those kind of all triggered the type of person I guess I'm attracted to. So maybe he does. Maybe I can attribute my man crushes. <laughs> Discovering something new about yourself today. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because I have to mention your crush on Tim Burton is more on the artistic side. It's not his like physicality, even though if you've never, if anyone has never seen Tim Burton young, like in the 80s, he was like pretty hot. He wasn't bad. I'm, I, won't, I won't lie. He's, he's not bad at all. Not probably my type. <laughs> he was like, I was like, definitely. I was watching that um, movies that made us on Netflix. Yes. And we did Nightmare. And I was like, oh, they showed him. And I was like, damn. Because mm-hmm. like, I'm so used to seeing what he is today. Like, that's what he's looked like my whole life. But yeah. I was like, wow. In the 80s, I would have tried to hit that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So it's not like his his physical attributes is his it's his more as mine that you're crushing on. So what about him and that he's done? Have you found like the most inspiring in regards to like your creative side? I think the way he creates his characters. So I know I kind of alluded to that, to that, how he makes his main characters almost have this fight within them. Like they're trying to figure out who they are and also adapt to the world around them. I think that's kind of probably the most fascinating thing to me and I would definitely say that I relate to that because I feel like I want to portray who I am on the inside but I do struggle with you know who I am on the outside too I don't know if that really makes sense but um there's kind of a clash like for me it's very hard to openly talk about things I'm really interested in and I think that's why I started my podcast is because I do want a platform to talk about that but I can't necessarily just randomly bring that up in conversation because I have people in my life who are like, wait, why are you interested in that? Like, that's weird. And so this kind of gives me my own little platform, kind of like my release. And I feel like with Tim, the Tim Burton movies, he captures that so wholeheartedly and 
almost at least all the movies that I like, I feel like that comes through in his creativity and that's what I'm drawn to. Yeah, because he's not just influenced you, he's influenced like so many and I think what you mm-hmm. said definitely resonates with a lot of his fans, the outcasts out there. And I was trying to think like, I can't think of any other director who is kind of on his level in terms of style. I wanted to know if like, you know any, maybe because you're into a gothic fantasy that maybe are less mainstream than him um i don't know any and i think that's another reason why he's so fascinating to me because he's his style is so unique the only one that i could think of just off the top of my head that is pretty along the lines of spooky creepy is the movie caroline have you seen that one Coraline. Coraline, yes, Coraline. That one's pretty creepy. I don't know who makes it though. Oh, it's um, it's this company called Leica. They're behind like that Kubo and the two strings. That one, maybe Uh, there was more strings. I don't know. It was really good. (laughs) Uh, Paranorman and the Box Trolls. Oh, okay. So they, yeah. they kind of do the like stop motion and those movies do have some, some some scary stuff, but I just don't know if I'd compare it to like overall what he's done, but that is as close as probably we're going to get. At the yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you want to find something, I think that's the closest, but no, I don't think anyone can compare to his style. I don't think anyone can compare to his vision. I mean, who comes up with Nightmare Before Christmas or Corpse Bride or... <laughs> Like all those movies, I mean, just the way he granted, I will not, I refuse to watch this film because I am a traditionalist at heart when it comes to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. But the way he re-envisioned Charlie and Chocolate Factory, the newer one, mm-hmm. that's crazy. I mean, the Oompa Loompas look terrifying to me and I still refuse to watch it, but <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> It's fine. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, you can't be, I think I saw a tweet the other day. It was said Johnny Depp played Willy Wonka, but Gene Wilder is Willy Wonka. Exactly. I I 100% agree with that. But I just think the way he can create these worlds is fascinating. And no, I don't think any other director could live up to him anytime soon. Maybe like a newer director coming up, but. I haven't seen anything that would even touch the amazingness that is Tim Burton's mind. He's the one of he's definitely like one of a kind then. But he mm-hmm. does have influence. Like you said, there's Coraline and we mentioned Kubo, Paranorman, all kind of heavily influenced by Nightmare Before Christmas. That stop yeah. motion was like legendary. Well, didn't it take like seven years to complete too? Something like a hundred years. I don't know. It was like a long time. Because <laughs> well when you hear like every little second is like they have to rework it i'm just like Mm -hmm. i get like mentally exhausted just thinking about that i'm like why (laughs) every time i watch nightmare before christmas i'm like always trying to pay like extreme attention to jack skellington's expressions because they have to change their head his head for every single frame i'm like i'm gonna make i'm gonna find a mistake (laughs) like i'm gonna find out where they didn't change its head (laughs) it's like insane which like speaking of nightmare uh that's like your favorite one he's ever done Mm -hmm. he didn't like direct it but it's like inspired by his art and all he did and he's behind it so it's his movie whatever started it yeah finish it yeah you know disney was like hey you do this but um what is like your omg moment of that movie that makes it sort of still be top in your heart let's see okay so for me it's kind of the end where he realizes that he is in fact the pumpkin king and halloween is his holiday like i like that he had to go through the experience of trying to take over christmas but at the end i like that he acknowledged like he figures out who he is 100 percent, and i think that's kind of what resonated is that because of the struggles you have like with your inner and yeah outer expression 
makes sense then. I, I think I don't know. I just I like I just like when people like just misunderstood people or I mean I don't know if Jack Skellington's misunderstood, but I mean he's definitely tortured. But mm-hmm. I just like when they come out on top, and I think that's probably one of my favorite parts. But I just love the whole movie. I love Lock, Shock, and Barrel when they go and try to find Sandy Claus and they come back with the Easter Bunny. Like <laughs> I think that's hilarious. Or I don't know. I just everything about it the vampires that are in, like within there i just think everything about that movie is so clever probably the only thing i don't like is the military scene when they shoot jack skellington out of the sky i don't appreciate that i don't know why it's in a movie but <laughs> yeah i would probably say when he accepts who he is 100 he's like yeah this is mine sandy claus you can have your christmas i'm taking halloween back i think that's probably my favorite part well, the whole movie, it's like definitely become one of Disney's most appreciated over the years. It's mm-hmm. like its own thing. It's like sometimes I think it's separate from Disney because it's so big and it's yeah. right. But uh, do you like mess with like Tim Burton's take on Alice in Wonderland and Dumbo too? So I haven't seen Dumbo. Um, again, traditionalist, I have a hard time with the live actions. I've seen a couple. I did watch Alice in Wonderland, I, the first one. I thought he did a really good job with that. But I, I tend not to dabble with that. I don't know, I'm, I kind of stick with my tried and trues, which is Night Before Christmas, Corpse Bride, which is a great movie also. And then Sleepy Hollow, but unfortunately I haven't seen that in forever and I wanted to watch that again, but I can't find it. I don't know. I just, I haven't really dabbled too much in his lighthearted, not lighthearted, but his um, remakes of movies, I guess, to answer your question. I probably should. (laughs) It's just, like you said, traditionalist. And with some of the Disney movies, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type thing. Exactly. Like, I felt the only one I really, I think, liked so far that I've seen, because there's a lot I haven't seen, because after a while, they were just so bad. I was like, why even try? Yeah. But it was the Jungle jungle Book one. Mm -hmm. I thought they did that one really well. But yeah, I tried to watch Aladdin, and it looked like, I've said this before, it looks like a parody porn. Um, Yeah, I never thought about that. I fell asleep the first time I watched it. I got to had to rewatch it. (laughs) Yeah, it's, I didn't, I don't know. Not my cup of tea, I guess, but they should stop for sure <laughs> <laughs> i would say though tim burton because he did batman and batman returns i believe and i thought he did a fantastic job but then once he stopped directing them i felt like they kind of got ruined <laughs> yeah that's like, like uh the coolest looking i'm not a batman fan at all mm. but that's like the coolest looking one yeah i thought when i was watching when i was really little i remember watching i think it was batman returns and I couldn't figure out how Gotham was laid out because there's it looked like it was like a excuse me a city in the sky, but then it was also like they're driving on the ground. And I was so confused throughout the whole movie, but I was also so like obsessed with it. I'm like this is amazing. Well, like he, we all know he's like the master of like DC and Batman. I think he fit well with Batman, mm-hmm. but like, do you think he could ever like take on a Marvel character or Marvel story? Um. They're very, they're very like family friendly. I was gonna say, I feel like they're too happy. (laughs) Maybe Um, X Men. Maybe X Men. I think DC. He could definitely because DC has more of the tortured superheroes. Where Marvel, I mean, I guess they're kind of tortured, but I mean, Thor's not tortured. He has his struggles, but I don't (laughs) think he could be 
Tim Burtonized. <laughs> yeah, Thor has Edward Scissorhands. I don't know. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> he just has axes for fingers. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. Tim Burton, get on that one. Mm-hmm. But in a perfect world, like where you could call the shots, like at a movie studio, what like kind of spooky urban legend or story or your favorite haunted place would you like Tim Burton to take and make a movie? Hmm. I would say there is, I was reading up, there's this kind of silly, I guess, but I think it'd be interesting. There's this haunted restaurant called the Five Fishermen in Nova Scotia. And I think it'd be really cool for him to turn that into a movie because you get you always have the haunted houses. You have the Stephen Kings where they do the hotels, you know, the haunted hotels and everything like that. But no one really does a haunted restaurant, at least not to my knowledge. And I think that'd be kind of cool for him to Tim Burton that up because he can go a lot of ways, I feel like. Maybe like a Ratatouille slash <laughs> Corpse Bride situation. I don't know. <laughs> Would you want it to be like a live action, like Sleepy Hollow or more like Nightmare Before Christmas, kind of animated, more family friendly? Um... It would be cool to go like a Sleepy Hollow route and go the darker side. I think that would be really interesting. I don't think there's enough movies that, well, there's a ton of movies that are like that, but I think that would be cool and kind of throw in some lore with it too. I don't know what other Nova Scotia lore there is that would kind of represent (laughs) it, but I think that'd be kind of cool to take a Sleepy Hollow-esque type of movie and transform it into a haunted restaurant. I don't know. I also think it'd be really cool to dine with ghosts. So maybe that's why. (laughs) Well, that sounds like a really interesting one. I've never, like you said, I've never heard of a haunted restaurant. Mm Mm-hmm. Even on American Horror Story, they've done just about everything. No restaurants. I don't. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. One girl in Colt, she had a restaurant, but it wasn't haunted. It was just like where she went, where she worked. Oh. So one. (laughs) One in 10 seasons. Yeah, exactly. Not enough restaurant representation out there. I don't know. I think, I think. (laughs) You know, you can get your spooky houses and haunted houses are always going to be scary. You can go so many different ways with that. But I don't know. I just think it'd be cool to introduce a different location, you know. And of course, like he'd probably get Johnny Depp or Helena Bottom Carter. And there are haters out there that say he shouldn't keep casting these two. But I think like, I mean, look at those two. They were born to be in like Tim Burton's world. They're very unique looking so what do you think about that those haters out there that are like oh he just like keeps using those two i think they could be quiet (laughs) (laughs) so like and johnny depp yes i know he has his personal issues but as an actor i feel like he can go so many different directions and we've even seen that in a lot of his movies he takes on these personas so in depth and he brings these characters to life regardless of what it is and i think it is cool to have an actor and a director work so closely because they work so well together mm-hmm. and I feel like that that carries through to the film so I would 100% support continuing with the Johnny Depp's of the world I think that would be interesting leaving the political outside of acting stuff out of it yeah because it's kind of like a sports like a coach and a, like a quarterback like Tom Brady mm-hmm. and that dude whoever Belichick whatever like they were so good together and they get a lot of haters so it's kind of like those two I mean, I think there's always going to be haters. No matter what you do, what you say, I think there's always going to be people that just have to be a little negative. But I also think there's people out there that appreciate the the art behind it. And I think that's what I would appreciate is the art and 
the fluidity that comes from a good team onto film. So yeah, and they've made a lot, and we're gonna play yes. a game with a couple <laughs> of them right now because around here we love to play Fuck Mary Kill, <laughs> and we're gonna do a special Tim Burton edition for you today okay. with some All of right. his most famous characters movies that you've noted that you kind of love most so we're gonna do sleepy hollows ichabod crane mm-hmm. nightmare before christmases jack skellington and edward scissorhands himself go <laughs> oh gosh uh, <laughs> <laughs> hmm fuck Ich-, ich- ichabod crane mary jack skellington no oh this is hard this is really hard I don't want to kill anyone. <laughs> well, I feel like it'd be really dangerous to fuck Edward Scissorhands, so I don't really want to do that. I feel like it would hurt a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe marry Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, marry Edward Scissorhands. You can't kill a pumpkin king, so... This is really hard. Oh, crap. Okay. Let me think about this one for a second. Sorry. Go ahead. I mean, this is a hard process. Fuck Mary kills, like, no, no joke. <laughs> it's not. It's hard. It makes you really think. Okay, Mary Edwards is her hands. Fuck Jack, Jack Skellington, although that'd be a little awkward too. And then we can kill Ichabod Crane. <laughs> I was, mine would have been. I would have switched Edwards. I think I would have. I would have fucked Edwards is her hands. I would take the risk. I would take the risk. And I would. And Jack Skellington's like already dead, so I'll just do that. And then I guess marry the other guy. I mean, he has a job, right? <laughs> I want to be taken care of. Yeah. <laughs> But Edward Scissorhands, I mean, you can do your hair whenever you need to. That's true. And the garden. Yeah, you would never have to do yard work again. And I do not like doing yard work, so. (laughs) (laughs) For the necessity, Edward Scissorhands. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's really hard when you do like a three, like a good three. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Because at first I was like, oh yeah, it's no problem. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, let me think of the logistics here. <laughs> like one time at Warp Tour, I was doing press and I asked a band, like I used to do like popcorn questions. So I'd write like a hundred so questions and I was like, pick a number. They might mm-hmm. be about music, might be fuck, Mary kill. Let's do this. And this band, <laughs> they picked a fuck, Mary kill. And it was like all, I mean, you know, Warp Tour is 90% dudes. So yeah. it's like, I did a Ryan Phillippe, Ryan Reynolds, and um, okay. Ryan Gosling. And they were like, oh man. <laughs> oh. That would be so easy. <laughs> Marry Ryan Reynolds, fuck Ryan Gosling, and then kill Ryan Felipe. <laughs> oh, okay, I could. See, I mean, I could see how quick you came to that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, fuck would definitely be Ryan Gosling for yeah, sure. Oh, the yeah. other two, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I think Ryan Reynolds is so funny, and I love his personality. That's Ryan Felipe doesn't really do anything for me. I think he has like a little too like girly of a face for me. So. Mm-hmm. Like, eh. I just think of like I keep him in my head as like cruel intentions, right? Mm-hmm. Philippines. So I'm like, <gasps> but yeah, he has gotten older and like we haven't really. I guess he still works, but I mean, not anything I've watched. I <laughs> no. haven't I, seen I, his I name agree pop with... up in anything. <laughs> I think he was on the last season of Will and Grace. I think mm. that's <laughs> one episode. I mean, he was married to Reese Witherspoon, so he does have good taste. Yeah, and like. <laughs> I mean, she, they're adorable. Too bad that didn't work. <laughs> so sad when that didn't work. I don't know I why. Know. Nothing to do with me. <laughs> you were like so invested. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, well, because they did the movie. So you're like, oh my, it's kind of like uh, Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Geller. You're like, they did. Yes. And they're still together. So, so. Mm-hmm. so I okay. love them. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> well, um, you played the game. So now it's time to pick a world of Tim Burton's like 
to live in? Like if you and your like partner could live in any Tim Burton world, which would it be and why? Ooh, okay. I would Or you say... can like ditch your partner. I don't, you could live in this world alone. It's up to you. <laughs> I'll bring him with me. Why not? <laughs> can I bring my animals? Yeah. <laughs> I would probably say corpse bride. Like the underworld corpse bride. Mm-hmm. Not not like the actual real like real above ground. I like the underworld because I think that's fun and like jazzy and <laughs> That, I think that would be a lot of fun. So I would say Corpse Ride. Well, that's a good choice. I thought you were going to go Nightmare <laughs> before Christmas. I, I would, it, but. would have, but I don't know. I just kind of, there's a lot of pressure. I mean, they spend <laughs> a year planning for the next Halloween. And I feel like with Corpse Ride, they have a little bit more fun. <laughs> like, I don't want to do all that work for like, one yeah, day. I just, <laughs> yeah, just want to enjoy it. <laughs> Call me in six months and then I'll help out with Halloween. <laughs> um, he'll go back and forth. Yes. I don't know. I don't know which one I'd pick. They're all, they're all fun. Probably Edward. No. If I could live in like the, like where Edward Scissorhands like lived originally, that'd be cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely his castle. That would be really cool. But I have a lot of questions about Edward Scissorhands that I think Tim Burton needs to address like right now. <laughs> <laughs> like come on well if you could ask him like one question what would it be like would it be about this movie would it be a creative process question what would it be? i think it'd be a creative process i would want to know how he dreams up these worlds and these characters i think i mean how did how do you come up with beetlejuice and the freaking waiting room that they have in the movie like how do you dream that up or the best scene <laughs> I know, it's so funny. But all that, I think just his creative process, how he dreams this up. Like, does it come to him just overnight? Is it this process? Does he just see something and it sparks this idea in his head? I think that would be really interesting to find out and learn from. And then maybe like be able to apply that in like my creative stuff that I like to do. Mm-hmm. Kind of a different mindset. I don't know. I think that's interesting. Well, the world you've dreamed up is Bats on the Brain podcast. And I want to know, like, where did your interest in, like, the spooky and paranormal come from? Was Uh, it, like, a movie, a documentary, a book, something maybe on the internet, the early days of the internet? (laughs) The early days. It actually stems from, I have a lot of people in my life that are sensitive to the paranormal. And so they're always telling me stories, like, their experiences. And I get so engrossed with them. I'm always like, oh, did you see anything else? Like, what happened? Or they're like, Nikki, something crazy happened. I'm like, tell me, tell me now. And I think that's where my interest came. And then I do love horror movies and scary movies. And so that kind of plays into it. But I think my first real appreciation was just hearing my friends and family's experiences because I've never had any paranormal experiences personally. And I think it's so fascinating to hear other people's real life happenings and then also like just all the movies that I watch I watch a lot of horror films my husband can find the most obscure movies on like Amazon I don't know how they end up being really good and they're just it's a different world and it's fascinating I think I just I want I, I mean I do definitely believe but I want to experience that like the other side of the veil kind of world not like i don't want to die right now but yeah. <laughs> i want like well, i've never go there <laughs> sorry it comes through every once in a while <laughs> and i like the idea that we're not the only ones here and i think that's a really interesting thing so anything that is about it so like i said personal experiences or 
movies that shine a light to it or even ghost stories how people dream up these crazy terrifying stories that we grow up with i think those are all just fascinating and that kind of is what got my attention like uh what's her name bloody mary oh yeah oh i've never done that terrified me i always thought she was gonna come (laughs) they we had this in elementary school a bathroom that was kind of just like this trailer apart from like where the classrooms were like near the like teacher's parking lot and i remember like they would do that in there and i was like y'all are wild you're like crazy i was like no that's i was like never one to mess with that stuff because i do believe in ghosts I, me and my mom swear there's one in her trailer like Ooh. we think it's like a dog because <laughs> on, it used to be my grandma's trailer and one time my mom had to dog sit and the, she was like don't let my dog die uh the dog died and oh no. so my mom thinks it's the dog like haunting her because she'll, she'll be in her room and she'll like for years say she would feel something come and like sit on the bed Ooh. And then I've always seen like this little light dart from the room to the bathroom. And so has she. So I think it's the dog. I don't think it's oh. anything like a person or anything, but definitely that dog's haunting. 100%. The dog's probably like, hey, you weren't supposed to let me die. So I'm still here. <laughs> She's like, don't let my dog die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely the dog. But I think that I just love hearing people's personal experiences. And that's really what drew me into it initially. So. Like you say the paranormal and you say like we're not alone, but do you also like verge into like the aliens being with us too? Oh, well, I, yes. So I would, I feel like I would be silly to say that we are the only beings that can be in our solar system. I definitely think there are aliens out there. I've never seen them. My husband's claimed he's seen them. Like spaceships are like weird, like darty lights in the sky. Mm-hmm. So I would say yes. I think aliens do exist 100%. I just haven't experienced. I do watch the skies a lot though, because we do go camping. So when it's pitch black, we're like, okay, is there aliens? <laughs> like, we need to see something. So you said you have this interest in all these spooky things and like you wanted just like a platform to kind of talk mm-hmm. about what you were interested in. But like, when did you start to plan the podcast and how did you kind of be like, all right, I'm finally going to do it this summer. <laughs> <laughs> so I was kind of just wanting I, it was I mean, I'm in California and it's 100 plus degrees in the middle of summer. And I was like, I want cold weather. And I want spooky stories and I want to tell ghost stories and I want like all these, I want the magic that comes with Halloween and October and that feeling, I want that all the time. So I was kind of just kind of playing around with the idea of doing a podcast and I also wanted a platform where I could just say kind of what I was thinking, what I was feeling and I was like, yeah, let's do a podcast and let's mix in like whatever I want to talk about with scary paranormal because who doesn't love hearing haunted things and and then I can talk about like horror movies that I wanted to and then I want to talk about like trick-or-treating and the nostalgia that we grew up with and how different it is today and I just kind of want to mix all that in anything that has to do with spookiness and paranormal and like even traditions like rituals I kind of want to talk about it all so I just kind of dreamed it up and I think I was working one day when Bats on the Brain came to me and I was like oh that's a good name <laughs> so that's kind of how I dreamed it up. And I talked to my husband about it. And he's like, yeah, do it. And I'm like, all right, I'm doing it. Oh, that's 
that's good. He's encouraging. I mean, he's a believer as well. So that's yes. good. He, he, he probably happen. doesn't want to hear me talk about it. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, talk to somebody else. <laughs> that's, that's probably why my husband helped me. <laughs> Go in the room and talk to somebody, anybody else. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but, um, so we're going to play a quick round of your favorite spooky things. All right. So your favorite horror movie. The movie I'm most terrified of is Paranormal Activity, the first one. And I would probably say that's probably one of my top favorite scary movies or horror movies because it, it scares me and that makes me into it. Or Nightmare on Elm Street because it's Freddy Krueger and I can't can't not be obsessed with that. So. <laughs> what yeah, are you? you were actually going to talk about him as a crush, but we went to Burton. Yes. I feel like Freddy Krueger is a little too disturbing as when he was a serial killer, like in real life. But I think, yeah, I would say either Nightmare on Elm Street or Paranormal Activity are probably my tops. All right. Halloween candy? Kicks. Or not kicks, sorry. <laughs> Kit Kats. Oh. I always loved um, anything, yeah, anything chocolate. I was like, don't give me those fruit candies. No, I don't want no fruit sour stuff. I want all the chocolate. Me and my, the dots and juji fruits. Me and my brother would be like, oh my God, never go to their house again. Yes. Yeah, Kit Kats are probably my favorite, followed very closely by Reese's. I would always get disappointed when I got candy corn because I do not like candy corn. I don't understand it. I think it's a very weird candy. It kind of reminds me of like wax bottles. Yes. Don't know why we were eating those either. I don't know. I did enjoy getting pixie sticks though too. Oh, a fun dip. Oh, fun dip. Just for the, I didn't like the powder. I only liked the stick. Yeah, it was like a weird, it was kind of like an, it wasn't sweet, but it was kind of sweet. I don't know. I definitely remember that. Definitely like the weirdest candy flavor ever. Okay, so haunted place. I would say, let's see. Well, that's a good one. I feel like there's a lot of good haunted places. Um, right now, I'm kind of into Salem, Massachusetts in general. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that goes on with the witch trials. In my first episode, actually, shameless plug, <laughs> I talk about the haunted cemeteries. In, or two of the haunted ce- cemeteries in Salem. And that was really interesting. So I'm thinking Salem right now. It's probably one of my haunted favorite haunted places. um your favorite like halloween costume from when you were little oh gosh (laughs) i had the worst halloween costumes ever (laughs) um one year i wasn't this is actually probably my least favorite halloween costume because it itched but i was a pumpkin (laughs) (laughs) we filled it full of newspapers so i'm walking around and it was just the scratchiest thing in the entire world i hated it (laughs) Oh my god. Well, it was like your destiny for the pumpkin spice. I guess so. <laughs> was your like origin story. <laughs> One year I was a pumpkin, the next year I got my pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> yep. Just like, oh, they grow up so fast. <laughs> so, and then your last one would be your favorite like urgent, uh, urgent urban legend. So, New Orleans, this is more folklore, but they have a Rougarou, which is a, they're like a bayou werewolf. And that one's pretty interesting, but I wouldn't say it's an urban legend. I think oh. urban legends is more like the Bloody Marys of the world. Oh. And, hmm, I don't know. Well, maybe that then, because that's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. So the show kicked off 
in the beginning of October, just in time for Halloween and everything. So what can listeners expect as we like round out the year? I am actually very excited. So I have a very fun Halloween episode that's coming out right actually about the same time that everyone's hearing this, but we are going to be talking, I'm going to be reading ghost stories from Scary Stories from the Dark, volume one, two, and three. I don't know if you remember those growing up. Oh, from the Scholastic Book Fair, they kind of like scratchy covers. Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to be reading some ghost stories from there. So that's something I'm really looking forward to. And then I have plans to do a goblin episode. And then I want to do Krampus for Christmas. I think I Mm -hmm. totally fascinated with Krampus. He's so cool. I'm looking forward to that. I definitely have a lot of good ideas coming up. So I keep like playing around with what do I want to talk about next? And um, I definitely want to do like a horror movie episode. I just don't know when or what it's going to be about yet. (laughs) Well, there's so so many you could do like. So many. So many. And then I'm hopefully going forward, maybe by the end of the year, I can do like a listener personal experiences episode where you know i get to read other people's experiences because i do like hearing that on other podcasts i think that's really interesting and fingers crossed i can do that online so that's one thing i'm hoping to do we'll see if that happens but that's kind of what i have planned well if you have a spooky story a ghost tale you should hit nikki up (laughs) please do (laughs) and can you tell people where they can find you online so I am on Instagram and that is at that's on the brain pod. And then if you guys do have spooky stories, you can email the podcast at that's on the brain pod at gmail.com. So we don't have a website yet, but I'm debating if I want to build one. So I'll keep you guys updated. All right, Nikki. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today about your spooky crush and everyone. You can find all of Nikki's information in the description below. And until next time, keep crushing it.